0: Welcome to Chi Alpha at the University of Virginia. This podcast is a collection of messages designed to help you grow in our three anchors of real devotional life, real community, and real responsibility. We hope that you enjoy this
1: message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth.
0: So uh, as we step into our last message of the year, I am honored to be up here. If you don't know me, my name is Sarah Fletcher. Hi, uh, I'm on staff with Chi Alpha, and it is my honor to bring the scripture to us tonight. Uh, So we have been working through the book of Acts, uh, talking about the way forward for the church. And last week, Gavin gave us an excellent message on the sorcerers and the silversmiths of Ephesus and how they responded differently to the work of God in that place. And uh, so I'm going to take us one step further in the story, and that is when Paul is preparing to leave Ephesus. And so uh, he is going to say goodbye to the elders of the Ephesian church. And not to be too on the nose, but I think a passage where we're saying goodbye uh, is probably a good one for... I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, But it's really, really beautiful, and I think there's some incredible stuff in there for us to walk away with tonight. Uh, Goodbyes are hard. That's just the truth of it. They're bittersweet. They mark a transition, sometimes a good one, sometimes one that brings grief, Uh, and we all make them. Every single person here probably said a goodbye to your family when they sent you or dropped you off at college, and that was a good goodbye, but uh, probably some of you cried. Yes? No? No? that's okay. Uh, Ricky's like, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) And uh, maybe you've said goodbye to a friend who's moving far away. Maybe, or Spain, yeah. Uh, Maybe you throw each other goodbye parties or you drive someone to the airport because you love them so much and you just want to see them to the door. Um, How many of you are goodbye huggers? Great, that's, oh my gosh, there's a lot of you. How many of you are not goodbye huggers, but you seem to collect them? All your fr- yes, Liz is like, all my friends are goodbye huggers. <laughs> Bless you, receive the hugs. Um, some goodbyes are bigger. What would you say if you knew it was the last time you would see someone? Or what would you want to hear? The last time I saw my dad, I didn't know it was the last he would pass away uh, a month later, uh, very unexpectedly. And the last day that I spent with my dad, we raked the lawn. And it was really, really beautiful, actually. I think as far as uh, last days go, quiet labor side by side, outside on a beautiful fall day. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that we had that day. But there are days where I wonder, what would it have been like if we could have talked to each other knowing it was the last time? What would he have said? What would I have said back? Some goodbyes are very, very hard. And that's what we're going to be walking into here with Paul's goodbye to the church. He knows he's not coming back. This is his goodbye to these people he's invested his life into, this church he has poured love into, that he has been house to house, that he's taken care of, that he's baptized. And he is about to say goodbye, and he knows he's not coming back. But because of that, we get a really beautiful picture of what someone says when they know it's the last farewell. Um, So what's actually, I think, pretty unique about this as well is that this is the only place in Acts where we see uh, something spoken that is just to a Christian community. Everything else is either an evangelistic message or it's apologetic. But right now, if you're not a Christian in the room, welcome. We're glad you're here. You're going to get a peek behind the curtain because Paul is speaking to the people who know Jesus, who have been walking this out with him. And he's about to say goodbye. It's very intimate. It's like a family. And so we're going to turn to that passage and uh, see what we can find in it tonight. So you can turn to Acts 20. We are going to be in verses 17 through 35. And this is an account. So again, Acts 20, 17 through 35. It'll also be on the screen if you do not have your Bible with you. But I encourage you to have it in front of you if you do have your Bible. So, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you from the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. And in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents, you know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. How many of you had a high school yearbook? How many of you have like 20 hags written in it? Okay, so you know you have your friends, your classmates who write hags, have a great summer, it's a good time. And then you know your friends where if they wrote hags, you'd kick them. Like you would literally kick them. You'd be like, no, I saved an entire page for you. This is yours, Sophia Curtis. This is yours, Morgan Wells. Those were mine. Um, Your friends who, you know that they have more to say to you, right, that there has been something powerful That happened in your friendship. That is what Paul is saying. He's like, We're not casual friends. I've cried with you. We've been through trials together. I've literally been from house to house. I've been in all your houses. This is a deep relationship, and he's recognizing it. He continues, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. So in the first segment we read, Paul was looking to the past. He was looking at the history of his ministry in Ephesus, but now he's looking to the future. He's saying, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know from the Holy Spirit it's going to be a little bit hard. And yet, even as he looks at what will be prison and shipwrecks and uh, many incredibly difficult things, it kind of seems like he's just ready for it. He's ready to walk into what the Lord has for him. It's like he's like, it's just worldly troubles what can prison do to a soul? can't keep it bound. He's ready to run the race. He's ready to fulfill the task that God has given him. And... He's also ready to move on because he knows that he, he he uses this phrase that's actually kind of intense, but I'm innocent of any of your blood um, because he knows that he has done everything he can. He has poured his love into them. He has said the gospel. He has preached it again and again and again. He knows he has done everything he can and it's time to go. The time has come. The Holy Spirit has said it. This is a good goodbye. There's more work to do. And so he moves into the advice section, that if your pastor is leaving, he probably has something he wants to say to you. If your president's leaving, he has something really wonderful to say to you. He says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you, night and day, with tears. So Paul is giving them this final charge. In essence, his appeal is for vigilance over their faith. Keep watch over yourselves and the sheep that have been entrusted to you. Be on your guard against the wolves who will try to bring division. Note that he does say, first, watch over yourselves. I want it to be said, whenever you're trying to love others, you need to be filled by the love of the Lord first before you can pour it out, right? You need to be filled first. And he's telling them that you cannot love a church well if you're not being filled up first. But then take care of others. Pour into them that overflow, that grace that has been poured out on you. Carry it out with your friends. Carry it out with your church And then he he doesn't want the responsibility to go to their heads. He makes sure that they know that the church is not theirs, that actually God purchased them with his blood. He died for these people. They don't get to grumble about the church that they have in Ephesus, whether there's a whole bunch of sorcerers or not. And maybe they're, you know, all these things, they have been giving stewardship over people that God died for. God. There's this great quote by Charles Spurgeon, It's kind of cheeky, too. He says, consider how precious a soul must be when God and the devil are after it. I know, right? It's kind of good, right? I like it. Um, So he's saying, pursue people like that. Have that sort of intensity. Have that sort of value for every single person in your church. And then he begins to wrap up. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of work, this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So advice given, he's saying, I entrust you to God now. You have an inheritance in heaven. The reason he mentions not coveting gold, silver, clothing, he's saying the inheritance in heaven is worth so much more than this. Don't you know you are inheriting something so beautiful? And he reminds them as he's about to leave, these are the leaders of the church. He says there are going to be days where it's hard. There are going to be days where it's hard to love people, right? There are days where it's hard to love people, and every person who's ever had a housemate said yes. Um, It's just hard sometimes, right? Um, My sister is my housemate right now. We mostly have a wonderful time, but there are days where it's hard. Um, There are days where it's going to be hard, but remember, ultimately, that Jesus has showed us it is so much better to give than to receive. You're blessed to be able to do this. And finally, when he had finished speaking, he knelt down with them all and prayed They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. College ministry is a funny thing, y'all. Most churches, you have people stay for decades They settle into a town, a community. I've been a member of City Church for 10 years. I love the longevity I can have there. Pastor Pete at City Church, when he moved to Charlottesville, he inherited a congregation. They had been there longer than he had. He got to step in. And if ever there's going to be a farewell speech at City Church, it'll be because Pastor Pete is leaving, not because an entire congregation is up and leaving. College ministry isn't like that. College ministry, we stay here and you go out. Every year, a fourth of our community. Every four years, an entire community. And I'll be honest, it's hard sometimes. It is hard because you attach your heart to people. You uh, you commit your lives to them. You go on spring break trips with pretty much the whole Bunratty. You uh, have Sikkim houses. You do discipleship group with people. You disciple Flannery for three years. You like you these are people you pour your life into. You have so much fun with. You laugh together. You grow together. And then they leave, man. And as I was trying as I was preparing this message, I tried to think about what that would have been like for Paul. What if Paul was the one who stayed and the church in Ephesus is the one that went? And then I switched it around a little bit in my mind and I thought about, what if it was you who was saying goodbye? What if it wasn't me up here? What if we just somehow packed all like 90 of you, fourth years, right here and gave you the chance to speak? There are things I hope you could say to us as staff and instead of Paul saying, you know how I lived the whole time I was with you, I hope that you could say to people, I saw how you lived. How you, Pete, served the Lord with humility. Blair, how you ministered with tears. <laughs> we know Blair cries and it's beautiful. Josh, in the midst of great testing. Rigo, I saw how you didn't hesitate to teach anything that would be helpful. We are human beings, not human doers. You bring it out. Blake, how you called people to repentance and faith. And man, you press forward even when you break your sternum at Beach Week. You keep hanging out. I'm impressed. You have great perseverance. (laughs) I hope you would be able to say that. You have seen how we have lived. And then you would get to speak of your own future just as Paul did. How compelled by the spirit you were moving forward to grad school or Richmond or Nova or Columbus, Ohio the UVA hospital, and how you don't know what will happen there, but you know there will be hardships. Because there's always going to be hardships, right? Gavin told us last week, anytime you live submitted to the will of the Lord, it's going to come in conflict with the world, right? Fourth years, there will be hardships, right? Yes, you know that. Great. Wonderful. But even so, there is a race that is so worth running. There are things the Lord is going to call you to that are going to be so good, so purposeful, just fill you up. And most importantly, there's Jesus who we can fix our eyes on. And it doesn't matter if there's shipwrecks. It doesn't matter if there's jail. It doesn't matter if there's hardships. There's Jesus. (laughs) And we're running the race to him, right? And so you will be able to say, wherever I'm going, even if there's hardships, I'm ready to run the race hope that you can say that. And you'd say, don't worry, Sarah, you're innocent of my choices from here. You proclaimed the truth. It's on me now. I'm ready to keep watch over myself. I'm ready to run the race. And you would say, but also I know that I'm not called to just keep watch over myself. The verse continued, right? Fourth here is I want you to look at each other. Turn and look at a friend, look at a housemate, look at a brother or a sister core group. Look at these people you have lived with, led with, studied the Bible with, played IM sports with, rejoiced at baptisms with, um, made it through the long, cold, lonely winter of COVID with. Right? Yeah, tough. Um, You guys are experienced in hardships. Um, I want you to imagine that if you guys were saying this goodbye, if you were up on this stage right now, or if you were writing a letter that you would say, we've got it from here, we'll keep watch over each other. We won't let each other wander from the truth. We'll be on guard, and not just that, but the new communities we walk into, the churches that we join, the cities that we go to. Whatever community we find ourselves a part of, we will remember that Jesus paid his blood for them. They are of the utmost value, every single one of them. And we won't see them as the world sees them, We won't despise their weaknesses or their politics or their culture or their money or their race. We will see them as the precious ones that Jesus died to save. That is who you are going to be in the communities that you go to. And you're going to say, we won't let wolves teach us the ways of division because here we've learned to be one body. And as you kept going, you'd say, yeah, I'll probably make some money in computer engineering, but don't worry, I haven't, I'm not going to covet that gold, I'm not going to covet that silver, I know I have an inheritance so much greater than that. Everything I have is from the Lord anyway. I'm, rather, I'm ready to be a steward, right? And finally, that you would be able to say, I'm thankful for my time here, I am. You guys have given us a lot, but you know, Sarah, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And Jesus is sending me into the world with something to give. Right? That is the way forward for the church. That whether pastors leave or congregations do, whether you're Zooming with friends once a month or you're moving together into an apartment in a city, whether you're joining a small group, leading one, going home for the summer underclassmen, or staying in Charlottesville, you're welcome to do that, or leaving UVA as a student forever, no matter what, the way forward is this. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Run the race. My girls who I disciple can tell you that I say this often. I think I have the best job in the world. I think it is the most fun job. Computer engineers, I'm sorry. Um, I also think it's the most strategic job in the world because College is when future leaders, future teachers, future parents choose how they are going to live in the world. This is when you choose what sort of adult you are going to be. Because whether you come from a Christian home or not, went to church every Sunday of your life or not, that was under your parents' roof. College is when you say, this is how I choose to live. This is who I choose to be. Not because I was raised in it, but because I believe in it. Not because I was raised in it, but because I love Jesus. You're not kids anymore. You are adults, and now is the time to choose. This isn't just fourth years, underclassmen. This is you too. Even if you go home this summer, that you're empowered to make a choice. Are you going to go right back to who you were in high school? are you going to remember what prayer looks like? Are you going to remember how much better you feel when you read your Bible? Are you going to remember that you can call your core group leader on the phone? Are you going to remember you're not alone in this? What sort of person will you be? What will your summer look like? What will your future look like? Who will you be? And so, I want to leave you with something, or rather, I want you to leave me with something, and I want you to leave me with a promise. And if you'll forgive me, this is the last message of the year, so I'm going to work in a little Chi Alpha-ism, but uh, I hope you promise to be anchored. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Worship team, you can come up, by the way. Um, The decisions that you make now, this summer, this year, this next year at your new jobs, at your new homes... To remember my last sermon, it is like planting seeds in a garden. It will grow into something larger. You get to choose what grows. So, if I may, have a real devotional life where you are steeped in the word and a life of worship that helps you to remember to run the race every single day because he is so worth it. Embrace real community. Commit to keep watch over your brothers and sisters, not just yourself. Don't go it alone. Join a church. Join a small group. And instead of judging people in it, love them. Choose to love them. They are precious ones Jesus died to save. Treat them like it. And finally, I truly hope that you choose real responsibility. Live a life to serve others, not your own selves, because you can live as tourists in this world. You can maximize your time and your energy and your money to just focus it on enjoyment and having the things you like. Or instead of tourists, you can choose to be ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ who know that they are citizens of a different kingdom. But right now, while you're here, in whatever time Jesus has given you, you're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we have an entire eternity to, to enjoy the kingdom. But right now, there's some work to be done. Whether you're a teacher, an engineer or a missionary or whatever else the amazing things you guys are doing, Uh, working in an art gallery in New York or whatever it would be, we have some pretty talented folks. Change will happen. We will need to make goodbyes. It's just part of life and it's not always bad. But as we face the goodbye tonight... I just wanna leave it at that. Who will you choose to be in this next part of your journey? Whether we see each other again or not, I hope you come back. Come back for the 25th year celebration. We'll have another Sunday morning live. Um, I hope this is not the last time I see your face, but if it is, choose to follow Jesus. Choose to run the race. Choose to love your brothers and sisters. Choose to not go it alone. Choose to be someone who knows that it is better to give than to receive. And as someone who gets to stay here and love you and love you and love you and then say goodbye, I can say it's really true. You guys have blessed us. Ask any person on staff. We would love to hug you. I am a hugger. And we just, we want to say that you have blessed us probably more than we have blessed you. It is just such a privilege to be your pastor. It is such a privilege to have been just a small part of your story. Thank you for, for being here and thank you for being part of the family of God. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. So fourth years, everybody. For a final gift, I wanna offer a prayer of parting. I want to I pray a blessing over you. At whatever steps are next, whoever you choose to be, the Lord will be in it. The Lord will empower you. And so um, you can open your hands, you can close your eyes, you can do whatever you like, but I'm going to pray it over you all the same. Father God, I commit into your care these men and women who are your ambassadors in the world, Preserve this community from evil, both from inside and without, God. Keep them by the power of your Holy Spirit and the word through which you have chosen to speak to us. God, thank you for being a God who speaks. God, I pray that you would fill churches around Virginia and around the nation and around the globe with these people who choose to pursue a life of deep fellowship with you. God, give them everything they need. God, give them the gift of your presence. God, give them brothers and sisters to go with. God, give them opportunities to give instead of to receive. Lord, help their hearts to remain open to that. And God, I pray that they would grow in grace, this grace that Hannah talked about, that you would pour it over them, God, and they would be so transformed that they would not submit to the temptations of the world, but they would become more and more like you every day, that they would know you more and more every day. And finally, God, I just thank you for the chance to be family. For this time, for this four years, God, you blessed us with each other. God, give them family wherever they go and keep their eyes fixed on you. God, this is all for you. You have blessed us. You have filled us. We worship you because you are holy and you are good. I bless them, God. And I commit them to your care. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And as I truly let the worship team step in, can I tell you for all the emotions tonight, goodbyes in the Christian world really aren't that bad because we're all going to see each other again. Right? Like, we're going to be fine. So whatever changes are happening in your life, God is good. Have peace. He stays the same. And keep your eyes fixed on him. Amen blessed let's worship him together one last
1: time as we were singing that I just went from a song to a prayer for you fourth years for a prayer for those of you who are going home this summer that may his favor rest upon you may you know he is for you that he goes with you in front of you and behind you and beside you says I'll be with you always to the very end of the age thank you lord lord we commit these students into your hands those who are graduating and will be sailing off into your will in the next season of life to those who are coming back as second years and third years and fourth years to continue to follow you here on these grounds and fulfill your mission on these grounds. Lord, we pronounce this benediction over them because you told us to. And so for the benediction, may God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and turn his countenance towards you. And as you follow Jesus, may he give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's keep following Jesus. Amen. Fourth years, we love you. But more importantly, Jesus loves you. And we can't wait to see what the Lord does with you. God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Chi Alpha at the University of
1: Virginia podcast. For more information, you can visit our website, xaatuva.com.